Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Joker in today's statistics episode. What's this? What's this? The simply sensational standing ovation on Royal Dalton Music Hall. What is this? On Monday, I did Joker's review, uh, and today we get to do Joker's statistics, uh, which is exciting. Haven't had a statistics episode in um, in quite some time. Uh, my spreadsheet tells me that the last one I did was for it, um, which uh, came out quite a bit ago, quite a while ago. So. It's good. I, I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm getting back. I, I'm excited to do another statistics episode. Joker offers that opportunity. A lot of people in this movie, a lot of names that are recognizable and uh, that people will know and can can compare against uh, the other movies that they've been in. So I'm looking forward to it and uh, ready to ready to get back into this. Uh, I said in the review I was looking at a low six low to mid 60s score and that's about where uh the movie ended up for me so i'm uh yeah let's about ready to just jump right into joker day statistics episode okay joker is a 2019 film i have seen it once i saw it october 3rd 2019 clocked it at an hour and 56 minutes sans credits my brief summary, a mentally troubled comedian goes down a spiral of social social revolution and crime. Uh, you know, if you have seen the movie, I'm sure that makes perfect sense. If you haven't, uh, it should be fairly clear, but I'm sure there are like pieces of it missing. Uh, suffice to say, uh, Joker kind of, I don't know, he kind of sparks social revolution in his movie, as it were. Uh, I gave the film a 64. 64. Like I said, I, I think it is a solid film. I think there are a lot of good elements to it. They don't all work. Uh, some of the script elements are not great. Uh, some of the screenplay uh, part elements are not great. But cannot deny that Joaquin Phoenix is absolutely incredible as Arthur slash Joker. And... The supporting cast does a very good job in their limited roles. And as heavy-handed as a lot of the theme, the thematic elements are, uh, there are interesting thematic elements at play here. And I enjoyed them for that for that much, uh, for that matter. Uh, Ron Tomatoes has, has it at a 69%. Uh, last I looked, it was still certified fresh, though supposedly dropping below a 70% means you aren't certified fresh uh, we will see if that can plays out and, and sticks around currently this puts joker as my 29th overall film for 2019 and my 280 2875th overall film all time so it's not really very highly rated uh compared to the rest of my rest of the films i've seen but 29th uh of the year at this point in the year isn't bad uh, again, it's a good film on my on my scale. So, 
It is currently in the IMDb Top 250. I looked yesterday, and it was ranked ninth overall. Uh, it is fresh. It has just come out of just come out in theaters, so that number is subject to a lot of shifting and changing over time. So it has not been recorded onto the spreadsheet just yet, but it's at ninth now. I'd be very surpri- uh, very surprised to see it drop out of the two t- top 250 anytime soon. So uh, yeah. It looks like another one here to stay, uh, perhaps uh, held, propped up by fanboys, maybe. Uh, on the Bechdel test, I it gets a one. The female characters, Zazie Beetz, Francis Conroy, never talk to each other, so one. Uh, MPA rating, R. It is the 361st highest rated crime film the 1,616th highest-rated drama, and the 515th highest-rated thriller on my spreadsheet, crime, drama, thriller, film. And it does not exist in any other extended universe or franchise as of right now. Could change. We could see more films in the Joaquin Phoenix Jokerverse, but I'm not, I don't know, I'm not holding my breath on that. Not that I'd be opposed to it. I, I wouldn't, but I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath for it. So, let's move on to director, writer, and ultimately actors. The director of Joker is Todd Phillips. Uh, This is the 10th film of his that I've seen. It increases his average film range by 51.4. It is his only movie rated in the, or second movie, rated in the 60s, and second best movie overall. Coming in behind The Hangover, and ahead of Old School. And all of his other films are average to bad, as far as I'm concerned. He has a value of negative 3, a score of 39.9 to be ranked, or 39.83, excuse me, to be ranked 444th overall. This puts him one spot behind James Marsh, who directed Man on Wire and The Theory of Everything, and one spot ahead of Preston Sturgis, who directed Sullivan's Travels and The Lady Eve. Uh, Like, I kind of talked on this in in the review episode, but Todd Phillips, I think The Hangover is great. I really enjoy The Hangover quite a bit. The problem with, uh, with Joker most of the time is in the writing. I think the direction of the film is actually quite good. Uh, Phillips proves that he's able to kind of give us some interesting camera angles. He gives us some interesting cinematography. He gives us some, he directs some scenes and he directs Phoenix, uh, whatever, you know, everything Phoenix did, I I really liked uh, from a acting perspective and whatever input Phillips had for that character, it, it works. I think. So as far as that's concerned, I think Phillips did a fairly strong solid job as the, as director. It's not great. Uh you know, he's not going to be in my list for best actors or best directors of the year, but I think he does a very good job uh on Joker as the director. Now, as for writing, which I you know, I mentioned there's some issues, a couple issues here. A uh, couple, two writer, two writing credits. The first is Scott Silver. This is the third film, write, film credit of his I've seen as a writer. 
He it drops his average film rating to a 66.67. It is his only film rating in the 60s and second best movie overall, coming in behind The Fighter and ahead of The Finest Hours. The Fighter, he was nominated for best screenplay for. Uh, that puts him at a value of 1.5, a score of 41.5 to be ranked 618th overall. One spot behind Ted Pierce, who is a frequent writer of a lot of Looney Tunes short films, and one spot ahead of Paul Weitz, who wrote and was also Oscar, was also an Oscar nominee for About a Boy. He also has writing credits on Grandma and Ants, among other things. And as well, you have Todd Phillips. This is the sixth film credit of his I've seen as a writer. He has an average value, average film rating of 47.83. This is only film rated in the 60s and second best movie overall, coming in behind his Oscar-nominated fourth screenplay film, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation Kazakhstan, and ahead of Due Date. He has a value of negative 2.5, a score of 33.38 to be ranked 1,166th overall. One spot behind... Uh, Max Borenstein, who is a writer on the Godzilla and Kong Skull Island movies, the newer ones. And he's one spot ahead of Alan Vincent, Oscar-nominated writer for the film Johnny Belinda, one I quite love, actually. Uh, So I mentioned the writing. (laughs) There are some moments there where the writing is just... It's either too on the nose, too outlandish, or too... Uh, just too stupid uh there's a moment where phoenix is leaving his place of employment there's a sign that he passes going down the stairs that says don't forget to laugh and he pulls out a marker and he crosses out forget to so it instead would read don't laugh Uh, i think that's just it's just bad writing it's just it's just very bad writing. He also, in the same within the same scene, uh, shows shows up in front of the rest of his coworkers and says, uh, "I forgot to punch out," and he proceeds to physically punch the punch out device doohickey thing until it breaks. Uh, it's things like that, and and there's a handful of them throughout the film that I just I could not. I don't like I think those are just bad writing you know they're not subtle they're not helpful they don't tell you anything they're just like oh wouldn't this be funny and it's not I don't think it is so uh, you know that 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 part of it I think is a struggle on the other hand there are things that are not I, I think there are a lot of a lot of the ways that they incorporate Joker's laugh into the film and the way that that the laugh changes throughout the as the film progresses I really like that I think that was really strong writing Uh, a lot of the dialogue uh, for Arthur Phoenix uh, for Arthur as uh, Joker towards the end of the film I think is good writing it's not exceptional but it is good writing and the everything that ultimately comes from Zazie Beetz's character, I think, with one exception, is a very strongly written plot of the film. So I, I think there are good and strong elements at play. 
it's just not all of them. You know, there's just there's some weak points in the script uh, for me. Which brings us to actors. Quite a few actors here, uh, including our first one, the main man, Joaquin Phoenix. This is the 25th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 65.72. It is his third film rated in the 60s and 16th best movie overall, coming in behind the sisters' brothers and ahead of Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. He has a value of 13.5, a score of 74.35 to be ranked 33rd overall. One spot behind Takashi Shimura and one spot ahead of Albert Brooks. So Phoenix, very highly rated. He's been fantastic in most of the films I've seen him in. He has very few bad films. And, uh, you know, he was born in October. So there's a really good chance you'll hear about him more on the Top 10 October Born Actors list episode when that comes out. Um, yeah, he's he's absolutely phenomenal as, a jo- as Joker. He's definitely on my Top 10 list. Uh, for best lead performances right now, and I think he stands a very good shot of being there when I do that episode, too. So, Joaquin Phoenix as Joker slash Arthur. Next up is Bill Camp. This is the 28th film credit of his I've seen. It increases his average film range to a 59.46. It's his sixth film, rated in the 60s, and... 14th best movie overall coming in behind public enemies and ahead of black mass he has a value of six a score of 61.5 to be ranked 318th overall one spot behind edward norton one spot ahead of angela lansbury bill camp plays a cop who gets very little to do that's about it Next is Robert De Niro. This is the 54th film credit of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 54.49. It is his seventh film, rated in the 60s, and 24th best movie overall, coming in behind Meet the Parents and ahead of Sleepers. He has a value of negative two, a score of 50.54, to be ranked 1,161st overall, one spot behind Karen Black, and one spot ahead of Ian McKellen. De Niro is, of course, uh, the radio host Murray Hamilton, I believe his name was, uh, in the film, who I kind of wanted, was hoping there'd be more from, but I don't know what else it would have been, in hindsight at least. And I think what we get from him is, for the most part, strong. I think he does a good job as uh, supporting Phoenix in the movie uh, when he can, and I think he's well cast for the role. I do find, I think if there's any weak point in De Niro's performance, it would be during the final interview that he gives. Uh, everything from uh, Arthur's conf- Joker's confession in that scene on, uh, really, I don't know, I think there, there was another notch that needed to be turned uh, to, from that performance to get me to believe what I was seeing. And I, I don't know if you probably don't understand that if you haven't seen the movie. If you have, I think you might understand what I'm saying. Um, I think. I think. But other than, other than that, I, I think he does a very good job. Next up is Frances Conroy. This is the 18th film credit of hers I've seen. It increases her average film rating to a 53.72. It is her second film, rated in the 60s and ninth best movie overall, coming in behind The Crucible and ahead of a vo- voice role in Superman, colon, Unbound. 
She has a value of negative 0.5, a score of 47.85 to be ranked 1,470th overall. One spot behind Jack Rayner, and one spot ahead of James Duvall. Frances Conroy plays Arthur's mother in the film. She is a uh, little Looney Tunes, a little off her rocker, as it were. And yet she plays the role quite down to earth. And I think, you know, she doesn't have a ton of heavy lifting to do in the movie. You know, every scene she has is shared with Phoenix. So he's, he's doing a lot, a lot of work in those moments. But I think there's a vulnerability that she brings that I really appreciated and it does help because this is a movie primarily about Arthur that we get this side of him because we've never seen these moments from Joker before in any movie that I'm aware of, in any piece of media that I'm aware of, these these intimate moments with him and not Batman and not Harley Quinn and things like that. And getting those scenes in this movie, I think, is really fascinating. And she helps provide those, and I think she does a good job opposite him. Next is Justin Thoreau in a blink-and-you-miss-it cameo. This is his 19th film credit, increasing his average film rating to a 53.21. It is his third film, rated in the 60s, and ninth best movie overall, coming in behind Bumblebee and ahead of The Master. Uh, he has a value of negative 1.5, a score of 46.64 to be ranked 1,610th overall, one spot behind Leslie Manville, one spot ahead of Tobey Maguire. I mentioned he is a cameo. He is, if I'm not mistaken, plays one of the guests on Murray Hamilton's show that Joker watches at one point in the movie. And that's about it. So, small role. Very small role. Next is another underutilized supporting character, uh, supporting cast member, which is who is Brian Tyree Henry. This is the ninth film credit of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 54.22. It is his second film rated in the 60s and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind If Beale Street Could Talk and ahead of White Boy Rick. He has a value of negative 0.5, a score of 43.86 to be ranked 1,979th overall, one spot behind Roland Mahler, and one spot ahead of Billy Bletcher. Bletcher, who is a voice performer in a lot of Looney Tunes short films, among other things. Uh, yeah, Brian Tyree Henry plays a worker at Arkham Asylum, and... I don't know. There's not much more to it than that. I think he does a good job with what Lily's, you know, his performance kind of sticks out. And he really, uh, I felt, matched the intensity of the film that Phoenix was bringing uh, more than most other most of the other cast members. And uh, it's a shame. Could have been much better, I think, if they'd give him a bigger role. Don't know what that would have been, but woulda, shoulda, coulda. Uh, next is Shea Wiggum. This is the 32nd film of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 50.44. It is his 8th film, rated in the 60s and 10th best movie overall, coming in behind Kong Skull Island, ahead of Fast and Furious 6. He has a value of negative 5.5, a score of 41.97, to be ranked 2,223rd overall, 
one spot behind Christopher Walken, one spot ahead of Brittany Murphy. Shea Wiggum is another cop like Bill Camp, who does nothing in the movie. Uh, next is Josh Pius. This is the 17th film credit of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 51.88. It is his second film rated in the 60s and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind A Beautiful Mind and ahead of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original one, not the Michael Bay version. He has a value of negative 4.5, a score of 41.92 to be ranked 2,226th overall, one spot behind Wallace Langham, and one spot ahead of Joanna Scanlon. Josh Pius, and I'm going to have to look this one up because I do not remember the character he played. I think he was the boss? Yeah, I think he plays Arthur's boss in the film at his uh, clown job. I think that's right. So, Josh Pius. Small role. Not much to do. Next is Brian Callen. This is the eighth film credit of his I have seen. It drop increases his average performing to a 51.13. It is his only film rating in the 60s and fourth best movie overall. Coming in behind old... Or, sorry. Uh, coming in behind The Hangover and ahead of Old School. He has a value of zero, a score of 40.9 to be ranked 2,360th overall, one spot behind David Niven, and one spot ahead of Russell Brand. Brian Callen, who, who is, who is Brian Callen? He plays, oh, uh, he's like not really a person. <laughs> he's like a TV actor whose face I recognize. And in this movie, he plays Ha Ha's stripper. That is the role he's credited as. Nothing. Next is Mark Marone. Mark Marin. Sorry. Uh, this is the seventh film credit of his I've seen. Second, uh, increasing his average film rate to a 51.57. It is the second film of his rated in the 60s and second best movie overall coming in behind almost famous and ahead of sword of trust he has a value of negative one a score of 39.11 to be ranked 2636th overall one spot behind wilford brimley and one spot ahead of julio oscar michoso julio oscar michoso who was in little miss sunshine mark Mar mark Marin uh plays Gene Oofland. Yep. All right. Mark Marin. Next up is Brett Cullen. This is the 13th film credit of his I've seen, increasing his average film rating to a 47.46. It is his second film rate in the 60s and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind The Replacements and ahead of The Shallows. He has a value of negative 5.5, a score of 35.63 to be ranked. 3,085th overall. One spot behind Kate Mara and one spot ahead of Aiden Turner. Brett Cullen uh, plays the role of Thomas Wayne in the film. Thomas Wayne, which is exciting. You know, I didn't know how much the movie was going to connect to Batman and, and the Wayne family. And, I, you know, it's not 
one for one. It's not a, you know, doesn't spend the whole time. We are much more focused on Joker than Batman. But there's a little bit of it there. And uh, Thomas Wayne is part of that. So Colin does a good job. He does a fine job as, as Thomas Wayne. I suppose. I guess. Next is Zazie Beats. This is the fourth film credit of hers I've seen, increasing her average film rating to a 52.5. It is her second film rate in the 60s and sixth best movie overall. Her third best movie overall, sorry. Coming in behind High Flying Bird and ahead of Geostorm. She has a value of 30. Uh, she has a score of zero. Of, uh, she has a value of zero, a score of 35 to be ranked 3,172nd overall. One spot behind Craig Robinson and one spot ahead of Robert Wagner. 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 Uh, Zazie Beats plays one of the, one of, um, one of Phoenix's Arthur Flex neighbors in his apartment complex. And that's, yeah. I mean, she, again, I mentioned she kind of has her own plot line in the film, and she does. I think for the most part, I like this plot line. I think there's, Towards the end of it, there's a little bit of a cop-out. I, I wish they'd gone a little more into uh, what takes place, if that makes sense. But they kind of cut it short. They they cut out the uh, the dirty details, and I wish they hadn't. Sassy Beats. Next up is Glenn Fleshler. This is the 12th film credit of his I've seen, increasing his average film rating to a 37.92. It is his third film rated in the 60s and third best movie overall. Coming in behind High Flying Bird and ahead of The Immigrant. He has a value of negative 9.5, a score of 23 even, to be ranked 4,340th overall. One spot behind Jane Kazmarek and one spot ahead of Rada Mitchell. No, Rada Mitchell. I think that's right. Glenn Fleshler plays a co-worker of Arthur's in the film. He's a he's the larger gentleman that uh, early in the film gives Arthur a gun uh, for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, he does okay. He's a good guy. Or is he? Next is Douglas Hodge. Douglas Hodge plays Alfred. Alfred is in the movie, and Douglas Hodge plays him. This is the eighth film credit of his I have seen, increasing his average film rating to a 37.13. It is his second film rated in the 60s and best movie overall, coming in ahead of Beirut. He has a value of negative 7, a score of 22.7 to be ranked 4,358th overall, one spot behind Logan Miller, and one spot ahead of Danielle Harris. He plays Alfred Pennyworth. I mean, that's, that's a good role. I mean, he's okay. He's in, like, one scene, but... Douglas Hodge, and that is... That is it. That is it for the actors in the film. Um, yeah, there was no one else that I recognized that did not make the list so moving on academy awards uh this one might get nominated i think a lot of people think a lot of people are saying that phoenix is one of the locks for a best actor nomination i would say he's a very good shot at it i don't know if i'd call him a lock quite yet but uh, he is absolutely a contender and 
a likely recipient of Best Actor for Joker. Outside of that, I don't see a lot of opportunities for the film. I don't expect it to get anything else above the line. Screenplay, performances, director, picture. I don't think it has any of those. And, you know, maybe costume. But I think that's unlikely as well. So I think it's Phoenix or Bust. I think that's where the film is at from an Academy Awards standpoint. That is where it's at from a Circle of Film Awards standpoint. Uh, Phoenix is in for me, uh, best lead actor, one of the nominees. And like I said, I think he's got, I think he'll be sticking around for quite some time. Uh, There are a lot of very high caliber people I have ranked below him. And we'll see, we'll see what, see what the rest of the year has uh, to offer. Other than that, moving on to the yearly film statistics. I have now seen 201 films released in 2019 and 1,047 films in the calendar year of 2019, uh, making surpassing the total number of films I saw in the calendar year of 2016. So this makes this my third most watched year so far, and we're in early October. So should be able to pass 2017, but 2018 likely out of reach at this point Uh, it increases the average rating of 2019 films to 40.96 increases their tomato meter to 62.07 as a crime film it is the 19th crime film it is the 83rd drama of the year and it is the 53rd thriller of the year it is one of the 47 quote-unquote good films from 2019 that I've seen and increases the ratio of good to bad films to 0.39. Still very low, still very low. With one on the Bechtel test, it is part of the 24.88% of films released this year that have that score. Uh, 50.75% have a three and it is the 86th film of the year with a R rating. So yeah, R. R rating. A lot of R rated films. Lots of them. Finally, as a film rated 64, it is one of the 128 films that I have rated 64 on my spreadsheet. That list includes other films from this year, like Hustlers. You can go back in time to Cold War, Isle of Dogs, Climax, Sorry to Bother You, First Man. Um. The Death of Stalin, The Trip to Spain, Mind the Gaps, Don't Breathe, The Founder, Experimenter, Tana, The Man from Uncle, Trumbo, The Overnighters, Listen Up Philip, Get a Horse, Night Moves, The 100-Year-Old Man Who Climbed Out the Window, Uh, Fast and Furious 6, etc., etc. You go all the way back to 1928 for the earliest film released that I have given a 64, uh, which was The Circus, 1928. That, however, is going to be it, though, for Joker statistics. Um, yeah. Again, I kind of, like I said at the end of the review episode, I kind of recommend going to see it. I think there's definitely some stuff worth watching in the movie it's not going to be for everyone 
I know people who it's the favorite film of the year, and I know people who hate it, and I'm somewhere in the middle leaning toward the positive on that scale. So I think there it's not going to be a love or hate film. I think there's plenty of room in the middle for people to appreciate parts of it. But yeah, I would say it's worth watching, but you know, you don't have to rush out and see it as so much. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. It does mean a lot. Um, if you would like to find more episodes, you can find those on circleoffilm.com, among other things. Or you can head over to iTunes, Stitcher, and other places where podcasts can be found. Usually, uh, they will have all our episodes. If you would like to get in touch with me right into the show, you can do so through email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, at circleoffilm, or follow me on Letterboxd, at circleoffilm. You can support the show, like it, rate it, review review it, subscribe to it, tell somebody about it, uh, or really just listen. Like That is the most, that's the key element. And if you are so inclined, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film, where for as little as eight cents an episode, you can have early access to all episodes that are released early. That's it, though. Thank you. Thank you so much. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be the same night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell. I'll be the same Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.